Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the iTalk Credit Radio Show with your host, Ira Royal, using financial literacy to inspire, motivate, and empower people to set and achieve goals in all aspects of life. Join us every Thursday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Cat Builder Network. To be a guest or for more information, go to italkcredit.com. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Got our, we got our um, comedian, J. 
Jay Cornelius George coming through today with our Money is Funny segment. Um, you're going to hear some stuff about on our Jeff to the Sports segment about your mentality and your behaviors, and we're looking at the whole psychological layers of finance, more than so just transactions, a you know, debit card, and those 10 steps to fixing your credit. We're going to go dive a little bit deeper, right? Well, we have a guest coming on, Mrs. Tiffany Kirk, she's the Vice President of Community Affairs with Regions Financial Corporation, and I want to say in the Georgia, South Carolina, Alabama um, market. She's going to come on and she's going to tell us about what they're doing in the community to help educate people and how you can participate in that. So again, I appreciate you joining the show week after week. I'm excited about today's show. Um, we're going to end it today. I want to talk about something that I heard on a church um, this past weekend. And it's not something that I came up with, so I'm not trying to steal anybody's thunder. It was a message that I heard from North Point Ministries on Buckhead Church. But we're going to talk about passivity and procrastination, right? Being too passive and procrastinating. Because I think that, talking about in, the, in, in areas of your life and especially spirituality, but I think we can also apply that to our finances. I know I can because I've been in both of those situations where I procrastinated and been too passive. So we're going to talk about that, dig, dig into that, and, and see if we can come up with some takeaways for today, okay? Wonderful. So we're going on a quick break, and when we come back, I think we're going to bring Mr. Mr. J. Cornelius George. You know, we all need to laugh, and money is funny. Trust me, we all been in situations where the only thing you can do is laugh. You ever been so broke, all you can do is laugh? Like, I've been so broke before, I just imagine being rich, and it's, it's, it's tough. But we're going to go a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to hear from Mr. J. Cornelius Brown, and then we're going to start up the show. We'll be right back. You listen to I Talk Credit on the Capital Network.
picture of kids, like a stock. Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in Better Futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the I Talk Frank Show. This is your host, Ira Royal. We're going to bring Mr. J. Cornelius George to the stage right now. Hey, Brother George, how you doing, sir? Hey, what's going on, my brother? Man, I'm good. I cannot complain. How you doing today? I'm doing good today. Doing real good. And I'm stopped right uh, so I'm feeling real good. Man, I'm feeling good because those Warriors beat the Cavs last night. That's why I'm feeling good. Man. Woo, did they beat him? I was yeah, impressed. Me too. Me too. I was jumping around and and messing around and it hurt my back some more, man. Trying to be young yeah. and jump around like, like I'm Alan Harrison yep. out there. I had yeah, to oh, man. That is too funny now. What's going on with yeah. you, brother? Hey, man, I'm just sitting here thinking about this money stuff that we go through all the time. Can, have you ever noticed, Ira, that when we um, when we have money problems, the first thing we want to do to get ourselves out of debt is to find some other money. We always think, think the solution is more money. I'm going to get a second job. I'm going to play the lotto. I'm going to go figure out the uh, conversion rate for the EBT card. Whatever it is <laughs> that you want to do, to bring in more money. And I realize that whenever we get more money, it seems our debt increase too. So I don't think getting a second or third job is the solution no more. I don't really think that's the solution anymore for me. I don't think that's the case. I think I got to change my way of thinking on how I spend money. I agree with you. <laughs> me too. Yeah, but but I think the problem is though when you have problems like we did, you grew. I grew up struggling. My mother, that's all I knew. So she didn't teach me good financial stuff. She taught me how to struggle. Mhm. Yeah. I, I wish taught me how to struggle and to pray. But I wish she'd have taught me more about finances, like saving. I don't know what saving is. <laughs> she taught you how to pray, though, right? <laughs> Yeah, she taught me how to pray. Pray for your struggle, but she didn't teach me how to save. Uh, use better judgment. Like, you don't really need that. You know, like, okay, but I want this, so I got to get two jobs now uh, to get the stuff I want. And I don't think we need to do that anymore. Mm-mm. I agree with you. I mean, I, I, can, I can speak for myself. I mean, I remember it was times where you sit, I'm sitting there, like, if I get a second job or a third job, it's 24 hours a day. If I work 20 hours a day, I have enough money to pay up all my bills. But then I got more bills somehow. I don't understand that philosophy. How does that work? And who has enough money to pay off bills, it seems like? It seems like no one has enough money to pay them off. No, I agree. It's like they always have that one or two that's always lagging behind that you got to, you know. And some of the listeners can definitely, you know, relate to this because you feel like, you know, you should be able to pay off all your bills month by month. 
But then a lot of them had that one that's always lagging, like, all right, I'm going to pay a little bit on it now and then pay some more the next month, or I'll just, you know, pay on it next month. Uh, the next thing you know, yeah, it's like, oh, man, too much. That That is the funniest thing there within itself, because we've all experienced that part where we had to pay some on the bill. Um, you know, you always go like, well, let me just put some on it. I don't understand what put some on it is. I don't understand, you know, what put some on the bill is. Like, they didn't put some on the car when you when they gave it to you. <laughs> you know, they didn't give you, like, look, well, just let me give you the tire this week. Uh, you know, and the next week we'll think about the motor. No, they gave you the whole vehicle, so why you don't pay the whole bill? You start getting mad if they only accept that partial payment. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, oh you ain't going to take, uh, I'm just trying to give you, like, the bill $300, but all I got is $10, you're either going to take it or not take it. <laughs> like, so you're going to dictate to me what I'm going to do. <laughs> and something else that I realized myself, uh, the worst job in America besides education, being an educator, is uh, the person who's the bill collector. They call oh, you man. Yeah. You got to have. Tough skin to do that job there. I mean, cause yeah, you I've heard, with, I've heard bill collectors might get cussed out before. You're right, I couldn't do are it. You, are you getting cussed out? You call somebody's house, right. talking about some money. The first thing they say is, "It ain't your money." Mm-hmm. It ain't your money. Why you keep calling me, asking me when can I pay it? Do you pay when your bills I on time? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I, I hate that part there. When can you expect the payment? Uh, if if it's that collection, that means the regular owner, I didn't give it to them, so what makes you think I can give it to you? And then That's they hit funny, you with yeah. this. I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, like, I didn't pay it to the original creditor, so now you think I'm going to have the money all of a sudden to give it to you? Like, I'm just I'm just holding on to money. <laughs> like, Hold most on, wait people with bad, Yeah, yeah, most people with bad credit, uh, we don't have savings account. We have a, we got a savings account, but there's nothing in there but the minimum balance. <laughs> Five dollars. I feel you, man. We've all been there. We have all been in those situations. Yeah. Oh, that is the funniest thing. They like, oh, well, what can you do? And you really can't ask for help for it. Like you know, people who go, like you said, mentioned earlier about going to church. You really can't go to your church and ask for help on the bill. Because the first thing they're going to ask is, hey, you paid your tithes lately? And you go, you know what, though, I'm that. behind on, you know, have you paid your tithes? You're like, I'm behind on Georgia Power, uh, Atlanta Gas, and God. <laughs> God is I'm in the budget, on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on, I'm a, listen, I go to God. I say, God, can I pay something on my tithe this week? Can I just pay something on it? Can I pinch, pay something on it? I got I got $2 this week, God, from a tie. That's all I got. Man, I'm that's I'm funny. We've all been there. Yeah, all been there. Yeah. Let me tell you about a time, um, Mr. George. I was in college, right? Time almost, I'm not going to say it was almost a mistake, but just how your mind gets so wrapped up in your finances, you start stressing out, and you'll do anything, right? So I was in college. Yep. I think I was in, like, I was, like, in 10th grade, sophomore in college, and I was so broke. Like, I remember, you know, looking for change just to go to the dollar meeting. You know how broke college students eat ramen noodles and everything, right? 
this point yep. in time, I was just so, like, I ain't had no money. I was like, you know what? I'm about to go enlist in the military. Let me tell you, I went down to the reserve office and started talking to the people like, listen, I need to do something with my life. I'm in college. I ain't got no money. I think I need to come to the military. Man, I just, it just blew me, it blows me away how much stress and, and the different things you'll do when you're in a position where, you know, income is low, you don't have any coming in or more going out than you have coming in, and it really takes a toll on you and you really act, you'll really start doing things that, you know, you would never think that you would ever do, right? Whether it's stealing or, or just, you know, making decisions that are not in your best interest, this thing called money and finances, it really dictates, you know, your moods and, and your attitude and, and certain things that are going on in your life and it's so serious. And, you know, I think it's I think it's hilarious and it's funny in retrospect looking back at it, but when you're going through those things, man, it feels like it's the worst thing in the world, you know? Well, I got one better than that. When I was broke and I was trying to make, and I was thinking about making a bad decision, uh, my bad mm-hmm. decision was I was trying to find a strip club for big men. Oh, my God. Come on. <laughs> like, I was like, uh, if they, uh, no, I, I, mean, I had reduced myself to like I'll be a male stripper, but it got to be for plus size dudes. Like, where oh, the women that want to see size dudes naked, or at least put my clothes <laughs> back on? Like, it'll be reverse order. Like, let me put my clothes back on, and you pay me money to put my clothes back on, because um, I just need the, I just need the money now. I just need it. I mean, you know, <laughs> you right down. You know what I'm saying? You don't rationalize anything. I was even supporting, like, if I could strip for a while, I'd be able to catch up on my ties, too. Wow. You can't just strip money. To you. Well, I can't say that. You know what? Let me take that back. Yes, you can. I guess it's 10% of your income. You better get, hey. better get those tips to Jesus. And, and I rationalize it because I, cause, because I know the, the Bible somewhat. I misinterpret it a lot, but it's said in there, Bring all ye tied to the storehouse. <laughs> but, like, if I'm stripping, I got to give Jesus 10% of the stripping money. <laughs> I just yeah, rationalize. Like, he'll take, it, he'll take it and do it. He'll multiply it. That means next week I'll get more people in there to watch me put my clothes back on at the Big Man Strip Club. The Big Man Strip Club. You ain't taking them off. You're putting them back on. Like, Luckily, I didn't find a Big Man Strip Club. I didn't find one uh, at all. That is hilarious, man. I'm glad. I'm. I'm glad. I'm glad he blessed you, and you were not able to go through that situation. But. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but it's it's some days now. I'm thinking about it again. I like hold on now, Janita. You know the way the way Sally May set up for me now. I need to uh, rethink this for a minute. Uh, man, tell me about it. Now that's one bill collector that will never go away. Man, like they follow you everywhere. They know when you get a new job. You know they know yeah. when you move. They, their system is serious, man. Oh, uh, Salome ain't no joke. I like look. Uh, my degree ain't worth no. I mean, I feel bad for the people who went to college. Oh, Salome and David didn't graduate, or their school's not accredited now. He's like, wait a minute, I'm not going to pay for this. <laughs> I have no return on my investment, right? Yeah, I ain't got no return on this investment. That's fine. My degree, hey, it cost me seventy five thousand to go to college, and you may get a good job making twenty five thousand. Uh uh-uh. oh, that ain't how that life work out. 
I know that's and that's funny that you brought that up. I remember when I was in school, Mr. George, like you you, you kinda have this uh, you live in this fallacy that you're gonna graduate and start making six figures right out of school, right? So you couldn't tell yep. me when I was in grad I wasn't gonna graduate and start making a hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, I got this, I'm gonna work for this place, I'm gonna make this much and everybody's looking at me like, Yeah, that's not how it works but in my head, look, y'all don't understand, I do this. I'm about, to, I'm about to make six figures when I get out of here because I have a degree. Yeah. Let me ask you for that one thing that no college student wants to hear, experience. Yep, that's what it is. Like, you got experience now? I, I got life experience. <laughs> hey, I know how to party all night and go to class the next day. I know how to do all that. Awesome, awesome. But we, Man, we I, appreciate talk, I agree. We, we, we got to start, like I say, um, shout out to my mom uh, for teaching me uh, bad credit habits. But we got to do our kids <laughs> one better. We got to teach them better credit habits. That's right. You know, and I'm glad you brought that up. One of the things that we say on the show is, you know, obtain, maintain, and explain. So after you obtain your goal, and let's just say credit, for example, once you obtain your goal of increasing your credit score, making sure that, you know, things in your credit report are actual items that are supposed to be there, you go through a phase where you're maintaining that. You're doing those actions and having those daily behaviors that maintain, you know, that credit score to, so you can be able to leverage that, right, and use it in a positive way. And then you explain as in going and talk to whether it's your kids or youth or whoever, whoever it is that you can say, hey, look, here's what I went through. You don't have to go through this. Let me show you how you can do something better, right? Or let me show you how you don't have to go through this battle that I did. That's a whole part of the explain. Each one, teach one, reach back and, and grab somebody and, and mentor them. I mean, if we all do that, then we'll see a generation come up and they'll be more financially astute, right? Because we'll have taught them, look, what I went through, you don't have to go through, and here's the reason why, and here's the steps so you don't have to do that. I think that's important. Exactly. We have to... We have to teach. Exactly, because my niece is in the third grade, and she knows the cash to EBT conversion rate. What? <laughs> what? In the third grade, she's like, hey, if you get $200 in EBT card, you got to pay $100. She knows what the conversion rate is already in the third grade. Dang. Now, but she don't know what to say. She knows the conversion rate. She don't know the savings. <laughs> What's the savings? She don't know the savings account. She don't know savings and checking account. She don't know that. EBT card conversion rate, she know that. That's hilarious. Crazy. Well, look, we need to do a better job of teaching and teaching our youth, you know, more than just what their current situation is. We need to make sure they understand that, you know, once you get out of the, once you get into the, the old folks called the real world, you have a lot of different responsibilities, and one of those is managing your finances. And we have to get on them early and make sure that they are educating on what to do and being proactive and being aware of what they can do to set themselves up for success. And if we don't, you know, they're just going to go through the same trials and tribulations that we did. And I think it's the goal of every parent to, you know, want their kids to have a better life than they did. So I think that's our obligation. Exactly. I agree. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mr. George. I appreciate it, man. I needed to laugh. And I, I needed that other outlook on things. We appreciate you every day coming 
I mean, I'm sorry, every week coming through and, and sharing with us your experiences and your take on on this thing called money. So I appreciate you, sir. All right. Thank you. See you next week. All right. All right. That was Mr. J. Cornelius George, educator, comedian, motivational speaker. He does a, a seminar called Laugh Your Class Off. So next time he's on, I want to make sure he gives you his information so he can come to your school. And, and not only make you laugh, but give you real, real-world real knowledge that you can take and use, right? And that's always important. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about being passive and procrastination. We want to do our knowledge is power segment. So we'll be right back. You listen to I Talk Credit and the Cat Builder Radio.
like I'm taking off. I'm so high. So high. Looking for a shot and it break me up. My name is Dale Pazinski. I volunteer with United Way to help the homeless in my community learn computer skills and build a basic resume. I don't just wear this shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the iTalk Credit Show. This is your host, Ira Royal. And we're going to get into a little, little discussion right now. So, Last weekend, I was listening to a, a sermon, and um, the topic was being passive and procrastination. And he was talking about it in reference to spirituality and, um, I want to say, your relationship with other people. And then he kind of alluded to being a hero. And it was a lot just around those two topics. But what I want to do, and again, this, this is, I didn't think of this, right? So I'm not trying to throw anybody to thunder or... I'm trying to relate it to finances because I believe that we can actually take those two things, being passive and procrastination, and we can frame that, and a lot of us can see where we've actually done both of those in some area of our finances, right? And so when we talk about passive, we're talking about really having a mentality that you are in your current situation and you deserve to be there, essentially, like. There's nothing outside of what you're used to on a day-to-day basis. Um, And I know I've been there. I've been in situations where I probably, I'll use this scenario, right? I've been in situations where month after month after month, I probably spent close to two to $300 in just fees, bank fees, right? Because I was so used to swiping and getting hit with a fee and say, hey, I'll pay it later, or I'm overdrafting my account, and then, and then, you know, having to pay all those fees back over and over and over again, it became a habit. It became something like I was just used to doing it. And I, I didn't look at it, I, I never, I didn't look at it as a behavior that was not normal, right? And if you're listening and you're going through that, this is not a session to bash. This is not a session to, you know, say, hey, you should not do that. Just want to make you aware that there are other alternatives, right? Like, if you really sum up how much you pay the bank back and with those fees, she could probably be paying, you know, or saving a lot of money or paying another bill. But that's just an example of how we kind of get into a routine of doing things. We get into a routine of not saving money. We get into a routine of maybe paying our bills past 30 or 60 days late. Um, and it could be for a variety of reasons. It might be because we don't have enough income coming in. And that's a whole nother discussion, right? Um, or it might be because we don't think that paying bills is important or we don't look at it as something that's a necessity. It's just I'll pay it when I get it. Um, that's another mentality that we have to strive to break, that if we have uh, some type of bill that we're responsible for, then we have to be good stewards over our money to pay that on time. And, again, this is not a session where we're dogging anybody or saying, hey, you need to pay this or do that, because I know there's a lot of factors to it. One of the things that we don't really talk about a lot in financial literacy is, you know, jobs and is income creation because guess what if you don't have a job and you don't have money coming in it's very hard to sit and talk to somebody and tell them hey you need to save you know 30 percent of your income if only thing you have coming in is enough so you can eat and pay your bills and there's nothing you're actually negative Um, so it's very hard to have that conversation and and it's something i still think you can do but it's it's so it's so much easier said than done and i've been in that situation myself where i haven't saved you know 
been in a situation where I've gone years and years and years without saving. Um, I'm still working on it. I'm still learning, and it's something I'm still growing at myself. So um, never think that anybody... No, I don't want anybody to ever believe that your situation is something that you cannot come out from, right? That you can't turn the chapter in your life and start a new. Because we've all been in situations where, you know, we haven't managed our money well. We haven't saved. Um, we haven't done those things that people will throw in a book or throw on TV to say, these are what you do to, you know, be successful in your finances. I believe I believe it's an evolutionary situation. I believe you evolve and you grow and you learn and you learn you go through mountains and you go through times in your life where you're in abundance and you go through valleys where, you know, you don't have as much coming in. And But each time you're learning and you're growing, and I don't believe there's one way to do it right, you know. We see all these self-help books and, and things that they tell us to do, and we kind of say, we, I think we have a checkbook mentality. Well, I need to save. I need to, I need to you know, have two accounts. I need to have a retirement account. I need to have life insurance. I need to have my credit straight. Um, all of these check marks, and if we don't have that, then we feel less of a, uh, of a person. I don't want you to ever feel that way because I don't think anybody in the world has all of those things checked off and probably have them to where they need to have them to, even if you have a lot of money in the world. When I was a banker, I used to have clients from millionaires. Guess what? Some of the millionaires have some of the most poor financial habits you'll ever see in your life, right? Because they're not aware. They don't have to be aware. They feel like money is just free-flowing. You know, they get fees, too. They're late on bills, too. They get, um, you know, utilities cut off, too. You just, it's like you don't hear about it that much. But we all go through some of the same situations. And when it comes to being passive, again, I don't want you to feel as though that your current situation cannot change. Because it is as simple as this. And sometimes we overcomplicate things. It's as simple as asking for help. And a lot of times we have people out there that will help us, but we have this fear component that we don't want to we don't want to show people the holes in our life, right? We don't want to show people the areas that are um, less than perfect because we feel like they're going to judge us. But there are so many organizations, there's so many people out here that they live to serve. They want to sit down with you and see where you are right now and help you get to where you want to be. Uh, we have to get over that fear aspect in our life and ask for help. I was listening to a, a a radio commentary with DJ Vlad. He's a hip hop. Um, he's a hip hop kind of like DJ and commentary and journalist. I'm sorry. I think he was interviewing Rick Ross, and he said, "Rick Ross, tell me, you know, give me some advice that you know one of the old we call them OGs in hip hop, you know, have given you to really help you succeed." And he mentioned the conversation he had with Puff Daddy, as some people call him. He did he not? Um, he said Puff told him that never be afraid to ask for help. And he said, you surround yourself with people for a certain reason. You have friends, family. And if you surround yourself with them and you call them your friends and family, you cannot be afraid to ask them for help because you never know how that person will impact your life and what reason they're in your life for. And I think we take that for granted. Um, and so what I'm telling you is if you're in a situation where you don't know what to do, you don't know where to turn, reach out and ask somebody for help. And maybe they can't help you, but you don't know who they know. Right, so let's don't stay in that state of being passive and, and just in that sunken place, like sunken place like that when we get out. Let's try to work our way out of that valley. And if not for yourself, do it for those people that are looking at you. If you have kids, do it for your kids because one day you're going to have to talk to them about, hey, no matter what you go through in life, you know, you can overcome those obstacles. And you can talk to them about realistic, realistic experiences that you've been through. 
procrastination. Uh, man, I, I'm like this. I am the poster board for procrastination at times. Like, I, in school, I used to say I, I work better under pressure. I think that's BS. I think if you can do something and, and be proactive about getting it done before it's due or, or if you know you have a, a project coming up and you have all these things to, to complete that project to the best of its ability, if you say, I'm just going to wait till the day of, you're rushing, you're not thinking everything through, you don't have a fresh mind, you're not going to have the best results. We kind of trick ourselves and say, I work good under pressure. That's BS. No. We need to be aware of, you know, procrastinating on things that can seriously hurt us. I know one of the things that I procrastinated on a lot is life insurance. I waited a long time before I thought, you know, hey, I need to get life insurance to make sure I'm covered. Um, but now I can say that, you know, I feel better going through life that if something happens to me, my family is covered. And so if anybody that's listening right now, that's one thing if I can leave you with, please don't procrastinate on things that if something, something look, everybody's going to die, right? You know, that's one thing that will happen to everybody. But make sure you set up things in place that, you know, your family don't have to take on those financial burdens unnecessarily. There are so many programs out here um, that you can set yourself up with life insurance and things that can really help you if something happens, when, when something happens. Um, so definitely take advantage of those things and, and make sure that you're prepared. So passivity and procrastination um, I think we can even go further with this discussion. We won't do it today, but maybe we'll do it next week. We'll keep on digging into this because I believe this, these are things that everybody does on a day-to-day basis. Again, I don't care about your race. I don't care about your social class. I don't care about how much money you make, um, how much education that you have. We're all passive in some areas in our life, and we all procrastinate. And if we can identify those things in our life that we, we feed energy to, being passive and procrastinating, maybe we can start working on turning those things around. And I'm not saying it's an overnight um, exercise. This is something that you're going to wake up tomorrow and light bulb, oh, I'm not going to do this anymore. We've kind of, we, we've trained our brain to work a certain way. And I believe the first thing you have to do is be aware and acknowledge the things that you do, you know. And if you acknowledge them and you're aware of those things, then we can start to reshape our mind. And that's that's basically what the whole death to the score movement is about. It's reshaping our mind, getting away from those transactional mentalities of just looking at prodigious score, of just looking at money as something we just spend it with, just looking at a debit or credit card as uh, a swipe and go. But really framing our mind and, and think of ways that we can take control of our lifestyle by taking control of our mind, Right? I believe the only way a person can truly change if you have a transformation of the mind. You know, a person can do a temporary change and say, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I'm going to start doing these different, you know, habits. And just like the New Year, you know, the New Year's resolutions. I mean, if you don't have a, a mind change, you don't have a mentality change, you, you know, you're going to get 30 to 60 days in and you're going to go right back to your old behaviors. But I would say if you have that mentality change, then... You might go back to those old behaviors, but you're aware of it. And you're in a much better place to say, oh, okay, I'm doing some of the same things I did before. I need to watch out, and I need to make sure I have, you know, make sure I get back on a better course. Again, everybody, it's stuff easier said than done. I'm talking to myself. Um, you know, I do a lot of these things, but I believe I'm in a place now where I'm more aware. And that counts for something. Or it counts for something else. Um, and it, it should count, something, count, count as something for you, too. So, 
we don't have Miss Tiffany Kirk today. Um, she was unable to call in, so um, we just, you know, we just went with Mr. George and did our depth to score um, conversation. So we're going to wrap it up now. But I, I wanted to, I kind of wanted to make a little small announcement and, and and get everybody prepared that we're really going to take this show to the next level. We have a lot of great things that are happening. Um, very soon we'll be on a platform where we can reach more people. We're going to have more guests, more relevant information. And I appreciate everybody who's listening that supports me, that, you know, critiques me, gives me things to think about, how to, you know, do the show better. I really want this to be a platform where we can help people, right? I want to do something different. I want to make sure that we have all components of of finances. I want to have components of health. I want to have components of spirituality. I want to make this a, a, a show that encompasses the total person, right? So we can take away things and feel energized about this thing called life. We have so many distractions, so many things that, you know, knock us from left to right on a daily basis. We have to be able to be in a place where we can self-assess, where we can see positivity, and we can really just refuel. Sometimes it's just need to refuel. I get there, man. I get in certain situations where my mind is going 20 different places and I can't do one thing right. You know, I can't focus on one thing. And I just have to sit back and not think about anything, you know, and just meditate on appreciating being here at this very moment and knowing that things will work themselves out however they're supposed to. So, again, you know, I appreciate you um, supporting the show and you know, we will be back next week and you know again just thank you so much for everything that you're doing and you have a wonderful day thank you for listening to iTalk Credit bye